Juventus, champions of Italy in 2020, the ninth year in a row, 36 times. It pains me to say, man, but the domination that Juve had in those nine years between 2012 and 2020 in this area was like nothing we've ever seen before in any other league. And it's not like the competition wasn't to standard, you know. No, not at all. They had they had quite a few strong sides competing with them, the likes of Napoli and Roma in the later years, the likes of Inter in the earlier years. Um, Milan, Milan did dip in those nine years, but, um, you know there was still adequate competition. Yeah, bear in mind, Milan had just won the league in 2011 before Juve started that dominance, and that's when Milan kind of decided to give away all their best players, including the likes of uh, Pirlo to, to Juve. For free. For free, which was, which was mm. mental. But that's 30 Zlatan and Thiago Silva to oh, PSG. That was, yeah, for a total of 50 million back then. Something that was, like that. Yeah. Back then, that was a lot, of course. The market was very different. 100%. Um, so that's 36 in total for Juve now. Um, those nine years came to the likes of Conte, Allegri and Sarri, which obviously did bits for the club. Sarri got let go after winning the Scudetto and we saw that what he did was not easy at all and not even what the other managers did were easy. Who would have thought that hiring an under-17 coach in Andrea Pirlo would eventually um, lose them that streak? Let's just say that there have been some decisions made by Juve in the more recent years that haven't been great. Um, but yeah, it's got them to where they are now. And we'll see Juve bounce back slowly, slowly. We'll, we'll, we'll see them get back into their groove. Certainly. Um, one thing that is a huge difference between the Juve now and the Juve of those nine years is the midfield. They had the likes of, as we mentioned, Pirlo. They had Vidal, Marquisio. Pogba, Pogba all these amazing players in the midfield. Now you know, yeah, that's it's it's the entire it's the base of the team, the midfield. It's the spine of the team, and seeing them struggle in that department is 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 just sad, really. But I mean, there's a long way in the season to go, so we'll see what Allegri can do. He has the brightest CV in Juventus history, probably. So we'll see what he can do for the team now. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Serie A Spotlight. Today, Matt and I are in Gozo, yes, which sir. is Malta's sister island. We are in a farmhouse. I'm pretty sure it's haunted. Um, it's currently midnight and here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So the first game this time round was uh, Bologna drawn to Genoa with the score of 2-2. Um, a riveting game, man. C crazy moments in the game. Both keepers on absolutely inspired form, um, particularly Skorupski. I, he pulled off an incredible save in the first half. Um, what did you make of this game, dude? So I thought that Bologna needed a win to bounce back from the 6-1 the um, mm -hmm. defeat to Winter a few days ago. I think that a win for Genoa would also help them. Points for Genoa, to be honest, are always nice to avoid the relegation pool. Of course, um, it was a well-fought game. I thought Bologna would edge it at the end, personally. I thought, I thought so as well. Like, like you said, Bologna needed the win um, to keep themselves kind of in that top 10 and pushing up and pushing up. Uh, they're still there. They're currently positioned 8 with 8 points in 5 games. Not too bad for, Not too bad. for Bologna's side nowadays. Um, but they will be disappointed to drop points against Genoa after they drop those points against Inter. 
Definitely, and it's the the manner that they lost those points. You know, um, they got a penalty in the eighty fifth minute. Arnautovic, mm. of course, of course, scoring it gave them the two one lead, yeah. um, and they thought they had it. You know, they thought they had the game done. But of course, Krishito puts away a penalty at the very end. Very clumsy penalty to yeah. give away as well, man. Mihailovic probably shared the same opinion I do right now because <laughs> he got quite pissed off. He was visibly upset, oh, and man. he he got a he red got card. Off. Yes, yeah. he did. He did. Yeah, and at the end of the game, actually, I'm sorry, Yano could have could have given them oh, the lead, he but did, he could beautiful have, man. save, amazing by, by Sirigu. By Sirigu yeah. Amazing. Actually, I I take that back. I think Sirigu did have a better game than Skorupsi. Skorupsi he, pulled off yeah. some some crazy ones, but but I mean, Sirigu was was mental. Um, a different player to the one we saw at Torino last season. He looked like he was declining, but um, now he looks like he's. He's at his best again, the ex-PSG man. I was going to bring that up as well, because we have to remember, Sirigu is a top, top, top class goalkeeper. He's got, you Back know, in he's, his day at least, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a bit older now, obviously. Um, I mean, the Torino side he played for, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't the best side in the world. It wasn't. So you can't really shift the blame, shift the blame totally on the goalkeeper. They were fighting relegation yeah. in the later years. Some um, things to point out, in my opinion, in this game, just some just some to point out. Obviously, Krishito is looking a bit like Mr. Reliable when it comes to the penalty spot. I know we've seen him miss a few last season. But he I was mean, unlucky, though. Two in a row now. Yeah, he didn't so. get that many penalties last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's true as well. Um, Destro, man, he's just on fire at the moment. Uh, this, this guy, sometimes you think he's vanished off the face of the earth and then he... Pulls a couple of goals out of his ass. Isn't it strange to take off your t-shirt in the 50th whatever minute? I I thought so as well. Um, he is an ex-Bologna player, so maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe there's some internal politics over there that he wasn't too happy about. Could but be. Hickey is the guy I want to talk about, man. Debut goal for the Scottish youngster. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, 19 years old. I've just found out that before joining Bologna from Hearts, I think yes, it was, yes, yes, yes. Um, he had offers from Celtic. Apparently, Celtic approached Hearts around, on five or six different occasions. He had offers from Lyon, Bayern and even Aston Villa. Yes, and his um, former coach, Craig Levine, was full of praise, of course, describing Hickey as a brilliant defensive player, but saying that he could probably play in midfield too because of mm. his intelligence and his awareness. Mm -hmm. you know, he, very good player. He, he said he's very mature as well. Um, he said he could, he could easily play in the midfield, slightly more on the defensive side. Yeah, he yeah. predicted that for the future of Hickey, but to be honest, we're seeing him doing bits at left-back for Bologna. Yeah, he's doing really well. I think him and Dykes, you know, mm -hmm. they form a, quite a, a good pairing, you know, um, when it comes to options for Mihailovic. Mm -hmm. Definitely makes his life a bit easier to have those guys. Yeah, so do you think that Bologna deserved a win today? Or do you think that a draw is a fair result? I think a draw is probably a fair result over here. I know we saw Bologna perhaps uh, controlling the game a bit more than Genoa, but Genoa brought a lot of fire to the game, something that Bologna struggled a little bit with. Maybe yeah. that maybe that goal prowess, let's call it that. It improved slightly with the signing of Arnautovic when he's on. They were desperate for a striker. Mm, 100%. I did Palacio, that's easy, just yeah. like a, a non-scoring striker. Yeah, and Barrow isn't the guy, you know, you don't no, play Barrow up front. Mihailovic has said, you know, that he doesn't score enough to be mm -hmm. the reference point up front. For sure, for sure. But Genoa do offer a, a bit more of, you know, danger going forward, which is crazy. I mean, we saw Destro just score a header, man, what yeah. the fuck? Like, that he needs to fantastic score. Fantastic header. He's got to keep scoring. You know, he's got competition there, he's mm. got Pandev, he's got Callan, and of course, um, Genoa's new signing, Caicedo, mm. who was a 
you know, a super sub for lots yeah. of last seasons. Yeah. I haven't seen him yet, man. We haven't, we haven't. Um, I think he's had injury problems, but I'm sure we'll be seeing no, a lot of A hundred percent. To be honest, I'm surprised we don't see him starting yet. But like you said, probably some injury problems there. But he'll find his way in, into the squad, definitely. For sure. So the next game, dude, Fiorentina won Inter 3. In my opinion, a very close game despite the scoreline. Yeah, and Fiorentina started off really well. You know, they were dominating. They were extremely wasteful, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Handanovic, looking more like his former yeah, self. Yeah, he's, you know? he's looking good. We have to give him that, man. He had a fantastic save at a point, tipping yeah. the ball over the bar. You know, he has this habit of not diving when shots are taken from long distance. There was this whole com- compilation video I saw mm. on, on Twitter <laughs> of him standing still doing the mannequin challenge. But, um, but yeah, he looked really good today. And, you know, shadows of his performance against Empoli two seasons ago to keep Inter mm. in the Champions League. Uh, definitely, definitely. And, and do you think that his, you know, him performing better now has anything to do with the Onana links? I think it might it might, um, of course, Inter have been linked heavily to um, Onana, the Ajax goalkeeper. Um, he'll probably be coming in. Handanovic is not getting any younger, but he showed today that he can still, on his day, mm-hmm. put in a good performance. I don't even know if Onana is eligible to play yet. He had some off-pitch shit that got him that got him banned for like a year of football. I believe that has passed. I believe that has okay. passed and he's eligible to okay. play, I believe. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sotil opened the scoring in the 23rd minute. Now, we've had the debate of Sotil versus Gonzalez. It's good to see Gonzalez assisting Sotil and finding out that these guys could eventually play together when it comes to squad rotation. Yeah, they're compatible. They're both quite young you know they're on the younger side of course Sotil the younger of the yeah. of the two um, but they're good you know good options for Italiano of course to have oh 100% 100% and I mean Inter from the second half onwards just looked pretty I wouldn't say dominant but they just have so much weaponry man they've, they've got mi- machines all, all around their team yeah in fact I actually have a note prepared on this about Zeko you know Zeko's got four goals this season he's tied with Joao Pedro and wow. second Immobile has six of course mm-hmm. Lautaro's also got three goals okay of course um, they have options Correa's got two two and not forgetting as well the fact that they could just bring on the likes of Chalanoglu, they could bring on the likes of um, Darmian, Darmian DiMarco, rather than Dumfries, Vidal, DeMarco, you know, Perisic, They Vidal. can get goals from anywhere. Literally. 100%. And it was Darmian that, that scored, and then and then Zeko, and then Perisic. Thanks a fantastic assist by a guy who I haven't even mentioned, Gagliardini. A brilliant assist by him. Yeah, very good. Um, he can be quite useful at times yeah. for them. The ex-Atalanta man. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, Sensi as well, bro. Sensi's out injured again. Yeah. I believe he's... I saw a crazy stat recently that said out of his past five years playing, he's been injured for a full year, Oof. which is which is pretty, awful. pretty crazy. He's made of glass, poor yeah. guy. You know, he's a really good player. I remember him in his Sassuolo player, days, he was so good. Very but, technically gifted, yeah. man. Good awareness as well, good passing. He's great going forward. Yeah. Um, Fiorentina now find themselves in sixth place, just overtaken by Atalanta. Um, to be honest, they should keep their heads up. It's it's a little slip up against you know the the league champions. Of course, this is a, a loss that they afforded. Yeah, exactly. Inter in second. Um, obviously, Napoli at first, but Inter do seem very dangerous up front. We could see goal difference playing a slight part throughout the league as well. That's a very good point. One point I'd like to mention is that Brozovic covered 12.6 kilometers, the best of match day five. Jesus. And this takes us back to Lovren's comments um, 
back during the World Cup. He said that before the World Cup finals, he ate two kilos of salami, two croissants, and drank Coke, and proceeded to run 15 kilometers. Brozovic. In the, in the, in the um, World Cup final, yeah. Brozovic. Brozovic, yeah. What a lad Apparently, man. He's, he's something else. He's next okay. level. Like, he can just consume whatever he wants and just run a this mile. This shit like, fucks me up, and yeah. let me tell you why, bro. Because like, I, I read this thing about Wesley Schneider. Yeah. recently where schneider said he could have easily well not easily he said if he put in the work he could have been mentioned alongside messi ronaldo uh, ribery and all the greats of that kind yeah. of era. there are shouts that said he deserved the ballon d'or he, he deserved the, the, the ballon d'or in yeah. 2010 he I deserved think, yeah. the ballon d'or netherlands in the final of the world cup and inter winning the treble Definitely yeah. deserve the Ballon d'Or over there. Have you seen him recently? He's humongous. <laughs> He's fucking huge. But that's a man that enjoys retirement. Yes, man. there we go. He spent his entire life fasting and training, and now he's mm-hmm. just drinking wine and beer. Fuck and it. He's having a good time, eh? Can we talk about the Gonzalez red card? That was disgraceful, wasn't it? Oh, man. The fuck was he doing? He was complaining. He was literally complaining to the referee that's and sarcastically applauding him. I, I got two yellows in a row. Italiano like. must have fucked him up after yeah. he must have fucked him up how d- it's firstly it's straight up rude gonzalez i would not hang out with you i'm sorry you yeah. seem like quite a dickhead yeah take that um, <laughs> great footballer bro but i would not hang out with you um yeah but tempers were high you know they yeah, wanted they course. wanted to get the result of course they were only two one down at the time to be honest it does show some kind of you know they're frustrated with a loss against inter it's a good sign for fiorentina certainly so shall we move on to Atalanta 2, Sassuolo 1. Now two teams with a slow start coming into the match respectively. Of course, Atalanta had hopes to win the league, but now Gasperini has addressed that it's going to take a few fuck-ups from um, other teams yeah. for them to, yeah. to still keep their hopes alive, basically. Mm-hmm. And Sassuolo, of course, under Dionisi, have had a bit of a slow start too. Um, of course, it's a bit of a transitional phase for them. Yeah. Just the one win for Sassuolo. At the yeah. moment, in the opening game against Hellas Verona, and I would even give the shout that they didn't even deserve that win. Okay, they deserved some other wins. They had a great performance against Roma. Yeah. They have been playing good football, man. They have, they have. They've been playing decent football. Just the shortcomings um, of losing out, losing Ciccio Caputo and losing Locatelli. And that has really, man, just, just that extra bit that made them world class is lost now. Of course. Yeah. So their heart is still there, their passion is still there, but they just lost that finishing element to yeah, them. They need Raspadori and Scamaccia to kind of adapt to that Caputo yeah, role. Exactly. Flex the movement. You know, Caputo's a very intelligent striker. He is, He's man. Big shoes, big shoes to fill, definitely. Mm-hmm. And two very differently styled strikers, so that makes it... When, when you've got two different strikers fighting for their place up front, it causes confusion um, in the sense, like... How are you going to build your team? Around which player are you going to build your team? Is it going to be around the pace of Raspadori or the size and strength of Scamaccia? So that's something they really need to start to work yeah. on. Yeah, they're either going to have a target man or someone to kind of flick the balls and make those runs and kind of pull defenders away, of course. For sure. Uh, can we talk about Defrel? Bro, two shocking misses by Defrel. Huh? It wasn't, shocking, it wasn't really. good. The touch on the first one was beautiful. It Wait, was. To, to it escape. Was. No, he's, know, he's a good player. One. But uh, his finishing is so it's trash. Poor. You know, it's yeah. poor. So it's unreliable. Terrible. And Pessina also um, missed a one-on-one. Which is unlike him considering you know, how ruthless he's been recently. Yeah, he had a good Euros as well. Yeah. Scored a couple of goals. Yeah, he couldn't uh, believe it. It was so nice to see. Yeah, a lot of heart in, in that dude. It's, it's a shame we, we haven't really seen him take it to the league this year. But obviously, 
he has so much competition in that Atalanta midfield, man. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I wish him, I wish him better fortune. What always impresses me about Atalanta is their wing play. By the way, they always you know these goals from wing to wing, like we saw in the first one. Gorgeous play. It know? almost to me it doesn't matter who they have playing on that wing. It's Plug a and system. Play. It's yeah. a system built in for wing players. I mean, whether they've got Zappa Costa or Hatteber, or they've got Gossens on the other side, or Meili as well. Yeah, or we've seen Castagna as yeah, well. We've seen Castagna past. as well. So I mean, it's pretty much Gasperini's kind of yeah. little, you know. I'm a big fan of the Zappa Costa signing. It's like a classic money mm. ball move. If you haven't seen that movie, by the way, check it out. It's amazing. Please um, you know, Gasperini, uh, Gasperini um, Zappa Costa on paper, mm. has his stats are great for, yeah. for his output. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, he does not pass the eye test. He's not a very um, appealing footballer to the eye. But, you know, they, they took a punt on him and Gasperini has turned him into an animal. You know, he looks mm-hmm. fitter than ever. He looks younger than ever somehow. It's and true. He's, been, he's been pretty good for them. So it's his first goal back at Atalanta since the return. But he does have a total of 10 goals in this area, which isn't too bad for, bad for a right back dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing more advanced now, but typically, yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. the case. Um, Coop Miners looks like a Coop, haha. <laughs> um, 23 <laughs> years, <laughs> 23 years old. He came from the Dutch league, of course. Um, Gasperini originally said that he needs time to adapt, but I think he's surprised by how well he's been doing. Um, and you know, Froiler and Derun, as great as they are, have yeah. some competition there. Definitely, yeah, definitely, man. Too, I like what he brings to their game. I really, really do, man. I really do. So he's a defensive-minded player, but his attacking contribution. To me, is great. He's really good at link-up play. He's great at passing the ball forward to find Zapata who lays His it off. His flick-ons are so nice. His flick-ons are really nice as well. Um, but for Atalanta, I mean, it's a it's a two-one win. It takes them up to fifth with ten points in five games. Um, They're always gonna be there. They are always gonna be there, and and it's good to see them picking up slowly, slowly. They beat Salernitana now. They beat Sassuolo. They're starting to rack up some points. Yeah, yeah. and now they're getting Muriel back very soon. Getting Muriel Sooner back very soon as well. Yeah. Um, that's going to be devastating for yeah. everyone except me because I have him on Fanta Calcio, <laughs> baby. But if he's out again, don't worry. They've got Piccoli, man. I like Piccoli. Yeah, he's looking good, to be he's honest, but not, not nothing compared to No, that. no, absolutely yeah. not. You know what I'm worried about, bro? Yeah. Because in case you guys missed the last episode, we're going to go to Sassuolo Inter next weekend. The, I mean, yeah, next weekend, literally. Yeah. And I'm really worried that Sassuolo might not bring it as much. When when teams play a big a big side, they tend to bring it to them. Now you're gonna tell me, of course, Bologna just lost six one yeah. to, to Inter. Um, you know, within a yeah, four to, to just Napoli, lost three yeah. one to Inter. Yeah, but I think Sassuolo will put up a fight against Inter. Hopefully, we can see we can see them. Uh, Hopefully, we can and I think Raspadori will be hungry because he's a he's an Inter fan. Ooh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so he'll want to score All to impress right. them, and he's already been linked with them. No, I think I think it'll be a good game, definitely. Nice. We'll see. I'm looking forward to that, man. And one of the better games as well uh, in this in this match day was Spezia 2, Juve 3. So Juve's first win this season. Um, not exactly convincing, but they did look better. Yeah, what I found hilarious is that Allegri before the game said that this was a relegation six-pointer. Oh, he's, he's already calling it yeah. that. <laughs> he <laughs> called it a relegation yeah. six-pointer. Cloud chaser, man. But... Um, <laughs> But yes, um, of course, it was not easy for Juve, but they needed the win. They needed mm-hmm. to bounce back. They needed to get it in any way. Yeah. And this will do it. And they did a good job of it, man. I mean, they did slip up. Uh, that Jassi goal, that Antiste goal. Yeah. By the way, Antiste 
really good. We haven't spoken about him yet. He's a fantastic yeah, player. 19 year old ex Toulouse player signed for 4.5 million. Okay, all right. So yeah. you have the whole you have the whole thing mapped out. Perfect. Of course, man. You think I don't come prepared? <laughs> <laughs> so, man, um, one thing that must have played a part over here was the return of Chiesa. Yes. I don't think that can be undermined. I generally think Chiesa is one of the better players, one of the best players in the league. Yes, he works so hard. He's so hungry to win. Honestly, when, when you see the loose balls, he's always running at them. Mm-hmm. You know, compared to like Rabiot, you know, he's so, yeah. he works so hard. He's always pushing. And him and Dybala really complement each they other. They do, man, complement each other. So you have Dybala who has that confidence from, you know, Max Allegri is constantly like eating his ass at, at half time and just <laughs> trying to build his confidence up. So <laughs> it's good to see him all confident. And then you've got the combination of the technical ability and physical ability of Chiesa along with his hunger. Yeah, his desire. That's a great combination for a young man. So I I hope he doesn't, you know, get too big for his boots at at any point. I hope he he doesn't. He doesn't seem like the type, though. You know, he went to Juve, he worked hard, he kept his head down, because he dribbles looking at the ball. And he, (laughs) he worked hard and, you know, he had a great Euros. He's just... Very focused. He's leveled man. up. You He's know? very focused. And that goal he got today, as scrappy as it was, I mean, the guy just didn't stop running and looking Literally. for the ball yeah. and just punting at it. A, a great player, man. Spezia were a bit messy at the back in the last two goals. Spezia were messy at the, the back. One too, like. I mean, when you've got people like Chiesa running at you in, in you know the 66th minute of yeah. the game after you're defending a lead against Juventus, it's going to get tough for you. 100%. Definitely, you know, mentally it becomes draining as well, mm-hmm. exhausting. You know, you have the coach going, stay in it, stay in it, defend, <laughs> be careful, no risks. And, you know, they're like not clearing the board. They're trying to play out of the back after winning a tackle. And it's like, Jesus, it's a disaster waiting yeah. to happen. Bro, Moise Keane scored a great goal, so I'm starting yeah. this time. It was which a clean goal. Did, very yeah, clean goal. It, it, so him starting must have come up as a bit of a shock because his performances haven't been great. And he's yeah. been fucking up quite a bit. Uh, well, he fucked up on, on, on a couple of occasions. Um, but he started the game, which, I mean, on paper for Juve, looks like the right decision to make because he's, uh, aside from Morata, he's the number nine that, that they've got and, and he's a physical specimen. He, he was really good for PSG and he was great at Juve before that as well. And it's, it's good to see him finding his form a bit, man. Yeah, they need him. They need him to step up, of course. Um, we all know how streaky Morata can be. They need someone to fill in the gaps where he's... Mm-hmm. You know, either low on confidence or whatever goes on with that guy. Yeah. Um, interesting that Jazzy celebrated doing oh, the whole man, Ronaldo celebration. That. <laughs> that was so funny. I couldn't believe what it. A, what a shit stir! Yeah. Like he I, said I it was so his pissed. idol, but um, I think ah, I think he was stirring some his some idol. Yeah. As if like okay, I mean, who isn't? You know, Ronaldo's everybody's idol, really. But that that was clearly like a massive fuck you to you. Like yeah, I just yeah. scored against you. You got to Ronaldo and you shit now. Yeah, uh, that's what he was meant to say. It's a bit, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow for Juve, of course, seeing Ronaldo doing so well um, ah, at United. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't think Juve's problems come from the offensive department, of course. The midfield, as we discussed in the intro, mm-hmm. um, is not too standard, as well as the defence, which has looked a bit shaky. Um, yeah. I view Delict's goal as a bit of a metaphor, yeah. personally. Um, he had a bit of a slow start to the season, just like Juve did, you know. But today... Um, During this game, I think Kellini was supposed to start, but he fell ill. Okay. And Delict got the start um, last minute, Mm. and of course he he scored. This could Mm. be metaphoric, you know, Juve could go on and pick up some points and compete. Yeah, scored the winner as well. That'll do good things for his confidence. Um, That'll help organize their defensive line a bit more, hopefully for them. I have a question before we move on for you. Do you think that Szczesny could have done better on the Jazzy goal? 
the curler, top corner. No, it went right above him. Jazzy like cut in from the left hand side and shot. It was it went right above him, like th- just Look, above I, his finger. I, I I don't want to be overly harsh on Jazzy. He has made some clear fuck ups. Yeah. Um, I don't think this was one of them. And um, this is a. I I think that's a goal. Would see keepers conceding. Um, maybe not at Juve, man. Maybe I still think Juve deserve a better goalkeeper than Chesney. Yeah. But I just don't want to be over overly critical. Yeah, I'm only asking you this because um, the word is out that Perrin will getting his will be getting his first start against Sampdoria this weekend. All right, yeah. Perrin. Perrin. Good for you, bro. I'm happy for you. But I mean, it's it's crazy how everyone's talking about you. Very really, you know, falling back relegation zone. That's their first win. They find themselves in 12th. I mean, yeah. maybe with the next win, we'll see them up in 8th. And, I mean, they're instantly back into the race. It's not as dire as it looks. Um, Dybala, by the way, four attempts on target highest in match day five. Ah, nice Moving dips. on. Salernitana 2, Hellas Verona 2. Salernitana earning their first point of the season. What did you make of this, man? I mean, just sad in my opinion because I'm a massive Hellas fan. I really like Hellas. Um, it's good to see Salernitana picking up points. It's it's good to see people like Gondo and Kulibali, um getting goals to their names. Um, even Kalinic, I'm going to sneeze. Oh my God! Can you move away from the mic when you do that? Please? We are in a pandemic, like. Bro. Another one might come. Can you continue a bit? Okay, sorry. So, um, of course, this game um, was labelled as a relegation dogfight, which is fair enough, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Caprari was good on the first Kalinic goal. Caprari um, was very good throughout the entire game as well. I think in the second in the second goal as well, when he played the ball to Illich, it's like the concentration was all on the wing. And then they gave the, he gave the ball to Illich down the midfield, and that cutting ball through the middle, Kalinic super assist. Yeah. Kalinic, hopefully these two goals will... I liked him a lot at Fiorentina back in the day. Yeah, he was really good at Fiorentina. You know, I saw him score at San Siro in front of my face. Yes. Yes, man, I went to watch Milan ah, Fiorentina was... and Kalinic mm. scored against Milan. You had one with Sarah. I remember that. And then you signed him. And, and then we signed him and I was like, ah, cool, I remember him and he was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Gondo scored and Gondo had... a. For Salernitana, of course. Mm-hmm. He's had a very interesting career path. Of course, he's 24 years old. He started his career with Fiorentina. Then he moved to Ternana and Serie B. Okay. Then he went to Asteras Tripolis in mm. Greece. Okay. He had a few experiences in Serie C. And then oh. Lazio signed him. From what the fuck? Yeah. Okay. And then he was sold to Salernitana. Originally loaned, I believe. But then they bought him. Okay. Um, where he played under Ventura. Okay. Yes, the the man who of course failed to qualify Italy to the World Cup. Yes, sir. Um, where he scored six and set up nine goals. Ah, decent man. Yeah, not bad. Decent. Not bad. Twenty four had... years old. So with with a CV like this, you think he's a bit older, but you know, twenty four yeah. years old isn't too bad. Oh wow, man, that's fucking crazy. He he has one hell of a CV. It's not all glamorous, you know what I mean. But the man's it's clearly all over a the hustler. Place, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, hopefully he'll find some stability now. Maybe maybe not with Salernitana. I I still think you know. Kalinic almost got a hat-trick, hitting the post, of course. Um, Barak almost got the winner, hitting the crossbar from a free kick. Um, and our boy Mamadou Koulibaly with the equaliser. You you sent me a text the other day and you said a goal for Mamadou Koulibaly is a goal for Serie A spotlight. And I found that <laughs> hilarious because, <laughs> because we are like low-key 
hyping the guy up constantly. We are low-key fans. We're like that one Koulibaly with the <laughs> truck. <laughs> the other Koulibaly. Um, so, great. Uh, I mean, Salernitana will be very happy with that. One point well, they, in their first. I think they would have wanted the win here, especially considering it's essentially a six-pointer. I mean, I mean, Salernitana have really struggled to score. They got two goals against Hellas Verona. They got their first point this season. No, I think I think they'll be happy with that. Personally, I think Hellas will be really pissed off. I think Tudor will be fuming after the debut that he had. Probably. Bear in mind coming off a victory against Roma. That's true. They were playing an inspired side. Um, but, you know, I see very few teams that the Salernitana side can beat. So I think they need to get the most out of these types of games. Yeah, it it all depends on the mentality they have now. I mean, if I were in their situation, I'd be I'd be you know over the moon by getting by getting points against a side who did so well last season. Um, but we did see them improve. Um, be it you know Hellas did have a couple more opportunities to make the game three two four two, but you know fortune was on Salernitana's side as well. Um, Hellas in 15th place with 4 points in, in 5 games and Salernitana still lost with 1 point in the last 5 Moving on to the next game we travel to Sardinia for oh, Cagliari I'm so happy Pinin. when this shit happens man Empoli too yes. oh, um, It confuses me Empoli are a wild card and I don't understand them Bro, you know, This I'm... game statistically was very even mm-hmm. um, Cagliari didn't take their chances and mm-hmm. Empoli did basically and you know why, bro? Why? This this means now that Empoli have a 100% away record this season. That's weird. Okay, it is cool. weird, huh? Like Milan last season. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mazzari, <laughs> uh, of course, after the game commented that it was not the same side that we saw versus Lazio. And it felt like we had the handbrakes on and we were slow. He also said that the death of a personal friend um, affected oh, him. Oh, shit. Well. Okay. Yeah, but, um, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. Kind of like... Yeah, keep it up, you know. Football. It's just weird after, you know, the result they had the previous week. But anyway, um, during the first goal I wanted to mention, Haas had the most interesting dribble I've ever seen. He kind of fell on the ball, <laughs> sent the defender running, got up and just <laughs> ran straight. Um, he squared it and, of course, um, what's his name? So, scored. Yeah, uh, Di Francesco, Di Francesco deflected yes. and, and went in. Fortune on their side over there, but, you know, make it 1-0. And then Stulak. In the 69th minute, his first goal in Serie A. Just as he was subbed on, of course. He's a 26-year-old Slovenian. He played for Parma and Venezia. Venezia. So he clearly likes an underdog in Italy, this guy. Or underdogs like him, rather. Yeah. um, Joao Pedro and Keita Balde were rather wasteful, of course, Mm -hmm. as we discussed. And one interesting note... The Scottish midfielder Henderson Bro. of Empoli striking the crossbar Jesus from half pitch. Jesus fucking Christ, man. And then Bayrami also hit the post, you know. Could have been way worse for Cagliari at the end of the day. It game. was an Empoli show. Andrea Zoli with his massive testes again. <laughs> and Cagliari, I, I want to talk a bit about Cagliari, man. Because we, get, we always get these glimpses of, you know, hope. Yeah. For Cagliari, and then you look at their starting eleven, and it's still really solid, particularly from the midfield up, from the midfield to the attack. They have a good team as well, man. They have Cranio between the sticks. They have a really good team, but they find themselves in nineteenth again. Man's gonna be another yeah. season, I reckon, of them fighting relegation. It that could very much be the case. Um, of course, they've just brought in a new manager, so naturally you have to give them time. Which is why I disagree with doing it so early on in the season. Yeah. I agree. And after that 2-2 draw against Lazio, I mean, in spectacular fashion as well. But 
positives, positives, Keita Balde and João Pedro, again, linking up pretty well. Okay, they didn't get any, any goals at, at the yeah, end of all that link up promising. But that is looking kind of promising and it will maybe take them a couple places. João Pedro clocked the highest speed in match day 5, 34.7 kilometers per hour. The tank! Yes, he can do it all, of course. He can, he can. And we move on to Milan taking on Venezia. 2-0, another yeah. win for Milan. Yeah, no, I think the stat sums up the whole game. Milan had 559 passes completed compared to Venezia's 238. Of course, I thought that Milan, of course, rotated a bunch of players here. We saw the likes of Kalulu starting. We saw Gabia starting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Romagnoli. Ba- Balotore, Romagnoli. Yeah. The whole lot. Well, Romagnoli has to play because Kier is injured. But, um, you know, they were all sharp. They were all fine. Um, they, they got the job done. Mm-hmm. In the 60th, Left it a bit later. They did Left a, it a bit later. I was about to say that in the 60th minute, I, was, I started to worry. I started to say, this is, this <laughs> is one of those... It's been an hour those, playing, yeah. playing Venezia. This is one and of there's those been no ones. goals yet. <laughs> Bro, I hate midweek games when it's like against some you know, newly promoted side and like the weather's a bit weird or something, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> it's early in the day. <laughs> exactly. But man, though that triple substitution, who was it? Like, uh, it was Teo Salamakers. Teo Salamakers. Someone else, but they, uh, they fucking changed the game totally. Was it Kessie? It might have been It Kessie. could have been Kessie. I don't know, the boys came on basically and, you know, Teo's presence changed the game goal. And then assist. Salamakers was also brilliant. Um, I did not know that Salamakers had this in him. I knew he could dribble every now and then, but the, to the, the extent he was doing it at, it was crazy. I have a theory. Tell me your theory, man. So, think of yourself as Venezia's left back, right? Yeah. Venezia's left back, I'm afraid I don't know your name. I believe just... he was 38 years old, the guy they were playing at left back. Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So imagine you're facing a dude like Florenzi who's being this conservative winger, playing the ball back, attempting few dribbles. You're like, okay, I've got this guy. So you kind of, well, you don't reduce your attention and tempo, but you know what you expect. You don't expect him to challenge you and and cut in and go for a cross. So you kind of adapted to that game. You bring on someone like Salamakers after that, in let's say the the 50th minute or something of the sort. Um, And he has all the, you know, he can start fucking shit up basically. Mm-hmm. He could start testing this defender. Start saying, alright, you were used to that. I'm going to give you something to worry about now. I'm going to mm-hmm. cut in and I'm going to step over and I'm going to go back out. I'm going to cross the ball. And, and it worked every time. And he, you know, Salamaker showed great vision to find Theo as well. So it wasn't just the dribbles. It was a complete performance by him. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed, to mm-hmm. be honest. And man, Ben Asser, when he's on, he's, you know, my opinion, one of the best, best midfielders in the league. Yeah. He's so good. That, we saw that, the Benasser at the beginning of last season again. Yeah, that, that wow. Brahim goal. Ooh, what, what a combination of play. Benasser with that Hollywood ball over the top. That assist. Who? who, who Theo Hernandez. Theo Hernandez yeah. with the assist. And Brahim finishing it off nicely. His first goal in San Siro, you could see his, the adrenaline. You know, you could Ooh. see it in his eyes. Like he was going to explode. With it. The fans love him. Yeah. They were singing that song so yeah. for him as well. The Kaka song. The yeah. Kaka song. Yeah. My yeah. God. Brahim. Exactly. That's the one. <laughs> Theo, course. obviously, we need to talk about Theo. Yeah, Not really. Game changer, you of know. course. When he's on, he's on, and we haven't really seen him on this season. But that was no, that was great. so. In my opinion, in the beginning of this, well, for the entirety of the season, we've seen the combination of Calabria, Kier, Tomori, absolutely Champions League level, 
fantastic defenders. They play well together, they cover, they press, they do everything the defense needs to do. Theo is probably more gifted than all of them. Yeah. But he's a bit clumsy sometimes, man. Yes, he's a bit clumsy. He, the lapses he tunnel in visions, con- yeah, yeah, he has yeah. lapses in concentration, he tends to try shit when he yeah. shouldn't. When Theo clocks 30 kilometers an hour, he goes blind. <laughs> Literally, bro. Yeah. Literally, he's he a force. Plus, sometimes the back passes he plays, as we've seen, can be very questionable. Yeah. But, you know, he can't have it all. Exactly. And it's good that there's a keeper like Manyan now who won't put Teo on the spot with that risky pass. Like, to be honest, I know Donnarumma's great, but his distribution was questionable at times and he did put Teo in some situations yeah, at times. For sure, for sure. Um, it was fun to see as well on the Brahim goal. Um, the fans celebrating, and by the fans, of course, I mean Milan's injured players. There were <laughs> seven of them, they filled an entire Jesus. sector. And we saw Giroud, we saw Bakayoko, Messias, Zlatan, Krunic, Calabria, and Kier <laughs> all getting up to celebrate. It's fun watching that video on loop, looking at a different player each time. I'm Sempre Milan tweeted this, uh, of course. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's incredible to see. Fucking anyway. the boys, man. Last but- year, Milan had terrible home form. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yeah. Um, and the away form was, you know, the complete opposite. It was great. Um, this year, with the fans back, do you think that Milan can keep playing so well at home? So, one thing I noted last season, towards the end of last season, when Milan had those games against Juventus, Atalanta, Cagliari, that they just had to win. Yeah. I saw clips before the games to kind of get my adrenaline going a bit. Yeah. yeah. And it was the Milan players staring at the fans outside the stadium or in the city centre just by Duomo and there are flares, just thousands of fans just riling them up and whenever that was present, Milan performed. Of course. It was great to see. It could be coincidence. Except for the Cagliari game. Except for the Cagliari <laughs> Probably they didn't turn up for the yeah, Cagliari yeah. game in that uh, they case. Did, Bo- they, they, did, they did, they did. Fuck me, but boring But of course moment. it had to go down to the wire um, mm. to the Atalanta game at the end No, but the Milan season. in particular have a great fan base and I mean, you were there last, you know, last month and you said that Milan, when they were on the pitch, they were obsessed with that Curva side. Yeah, yeah, they're constantly interacting with the Warming fans, Warming up in front of yes, them yes, yes. and before and after the game. It's so, lovely to see. Yeah, yeah, I mean, fans will make everyone perform No well. wonder we have players that come for, you know, that join Milan for a year and cry before they leave. You exactly. Know, they get so attached. They're the Van Bommels, the, Bommels, the Van De Jongs, exactly. the Bakayokos. Yeah. Yeah. They love the club, man. Once a Milanista, always a Milanista. But we'll, we'll try not to talk too much about Milan. So we'll move on to Torino 1, Lazio 1. Now, so watching the game, if it were in black and white, I would have thought that Lazio were Torino and Torino were Lazio. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Torino were really good. And Lazio, of course, not as good as them. They were lucky to get a single point, of course, with that late yep. immobile goal. That is four... Well, Three games in a row in Serie A where Lazio dropped points yeah. and four in a row including the Europa League. So yeah. they're a bit, you know, they're, yeah. they're a bit They had a hot moment. start, we're like, whoa, they, they get Sarri ball. Now, yeah, now it's said, like, ah, Luis Alberto doesn't understand Sarri mm-hmm. Like, let's not, of course, jump to extremes. I said they're finishing top four and, you know. Yeah. Well, know. again, with Sarri, you're investing in a long-term project, mm-hmm. even though, you know, his health mm-hmm. might not keep up. <laughs> but, <laughs> But yeah, it's long term at the end of the day. It's a system that the players need to buy into. It takes time. Eventually, I do think they will start ticking. Maybe not this mm-hmm. season, but perhaps the next. Yeah. Uh, Torino were very unlucky not to get the full three points here. So, so just to, you know, reiterate a bit for you guys. Piaka got a goal in the 76th minute. 
you think getting a goal for, from a goal is draw, getting a goal in the 76 minute, it might wrap it up. It was a single assist. Piaka scored brilliantly. Oh, you would have to be naive. Oh, you would have to be very naive. As Gigi kind of gave away a penalty and Immobile converted in the 91st yeah. minute. I felt bad for Gigi. That mask seemed like it was impeding his vision slightly <laughs> or his concentration. Oh, can you imagine playing with just something pressing your face constantly, man? You must feel like Batman. <laughs> didn't play like Batman. No, he, he played like his Crotonides. Yeah. When, when I saw him at, at Torino again, I was like, ah, he's, a, he's better. He's better mm. than I last saw him at Torino. They loaned him out to Crotone. He literally, every game, he was just getting... Mauled by the mm. opposition, you know. The penalty I, was very clumsy, bro. He gave away yeah, a very yeah, clumsy was, penalty was in the ninety-first minute. It could be fatigue. I don't know. It could actually be the mask. Could I have no panic. fucking idea. Ninety-first minute, you're like shit. He's gonna score. My, my God, this guy's running like, at me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but ninety-first minute, yeah, Mobile converts. Mister Reliable when it comes to the spot. That's six goals this season for him. Um, Olaina, Olaina looks so good for Torino. Olaina, as your love tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. Golaina <laughs> is a 24-year-old ex-Chelsea youth player. We saw him, of course, play last season, but he was nowhere near as good as he looks now. Him and Singo on the flanks are a great, um, you know, two great options. Yeah. And Ansaldi, of course, coming off the bench is a nice option. The too. fuck, man. Yeah. You, you saw Ansaldi. I did. I did. Cutting in, going yeah, out. Yeah, 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 all that. So the commentator was like, Ansaldi, cutting in and out and in and out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, and Saldi said, how old is this guy? He's like 34, I think. No, no, he's younger than that. I believe he's younger than that. But is not he? much younger than that. Okay, well, he's in his 30s, early 30s. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a look later on and maybe yeah. this in the next episode. So, um, Reina was quite good <coughs> at times. Yeah. Um, Immobile, any goal Immobile gets right now is important for him, considering Mancini basically, you know, is looking for replacements in yeah. his striking department for the Italian national team. Yeah, Keane just getting his first goal as well for Juve. Yeah, so Immobile. there aren't many big, there aren't many obvious names, but no. there are many players who if they have a good season, they can get the call up. So that I would, spot is up for grabs. I would say, I would say that either Belotti, Keane, or Raspadori all have a shout if Immobile drops the ball. If one sure. of those has a good season, they have a very, very good shout to be starting as a number nine for Italy in yeah. the World Cup. A very good shout. Definitely, definitely. And perhaps even, who knows, if Caputo has a good season, for example. Yeah, uh, 100% as well. Um, but Torino, bro, ninth place, seven points in five. Um, way better than last year. Way better than last year, man. Juric. They're playing, Ivan Juric. They're playing way, way, way better. I really like Sanabria up front, man. Yeah, he does bits for them. He's a workhorse, man. He, he reminds me of, you, you remember, we saw that game where Borja Mayoral came on. He was hustling up front yeah, just to yeah, win yeah. time. And, and Sanabria gives me those vibes. He's a very hardworking and clever player. Um, Bellotti back soon, so that'll give them something yeah. to be hopeful for. I have a for. feeling people will start talking about Bellotti again. You know, it yeah. seems like the hype has died down, everyone's calling him overrated, but uh. I think in this system, I think Juric will get him firing and people will be like, oh, uh, we should sign him, mm. we should sign him. Oh God, at least they'll get a cut now, after, after the hype has, has passed, they'll get a bit of a cut. Yeah, yeah, probably. So Sampdoria, nil, Napoli, four. Breaks my heart to see this one, man. Yeah. But yeah. Napoli are just OP yeah. This season, it's almost it's almost like a cheat code watching watching Napoli play. It's like mystery ball on FIFA. Yeah. Uh, they did the same thing to Udinese last, you know, a few days ago. They Four will nil. get you. They will overwhelm you. They're fucking alligators, man. It's crazy how they always get the first goal on the counter, yeah. always, and then they over they overpower them. Yeah, sit back a bit in the opening five minutes. Then when they get the chance, mm. my God, and do they have the resources? 
sorry Radio. to run forward so they have down one flank they have Lozano or Politano whoever is playing on the other side there's Insigne I mean they have the resources to just counter and sprint and yeah. attack and then they have Ozyman down the middle with Ozyman's pace. pace was way too much for Yoshida and Koli to handle yeah. and even his physicality they couldn't keep up with him no, he, looked like no, a comp- no. he looked like an alien next absolutely to them, honestly. not he could have scored four if he if he wasn't as wasteful as he was um, of course Napoli were 1-0 up um and Ospina's heroics actually kept them in the game. You Ospina know? played very well. He played very well. Um, the game before, he seemed a bit shaky when there was... I, I forgot who it was. Took the ball off him. Ah. Pre- pressured him and took the ball off him. I can't, I can't exactly remember who. Um, but he seemed shaky at times, but he seemed really, really good to keep them with that one advantage, man. Yeah, and of course, um, you know, his team thanked him by, you know, netting another three goals, of course. Um, out there was a bit clumsy on one of Ozyman's goals, of course. Um, Fabian had a great goal. Mm-hmm. Zielinski had a very Zielinski, good goal yeah. as well, and man. Two assists for Lozano, two assists for Insignia as well. My God. You know, they, everyone getting involved. That Angisa guy is looking crazy. He's looking you very know. good. He's on loan with an option to buy for 15 million from Fulham. Fulham had purchased him from Marseille in 2018 okay. for 25 okay. million. And he spent the 2019-2020 campaign on loan at Villarreal. He's 25 years old. He would be a steal for 15 million. Yeah, he looks really I agree. Good. I agree, bro. He fits the system perfectly. He fits it so yeah. well. Him and Fabian are next level. Oh, they, they play very well together, man. I personally think that Daversa was a bit slow to make that first substitution, man. I think in particular taking out Adrian Silva, he was a bit shocking, man. Adrian he was, Silva he was. And but that they all, even Damsgaard was shocking. Even, yeah. you know, Thorsby couldn't keep up. He had just I, I agree. I agree. He was very slow to make to make that first change. Um, I'm not sure about the first change as well. He, he took out Qualiarella and brought on Torre Grossa in the 55th minute. Yeah. I was a bit like... Mm, did I don't know. I, I don't know what to say about those substitutions. I think that I think Qualierla had to come off personally. I think he started Qualierla because of his track record against Napoli, but I think he had to come off, of course. Torregrossa might not be an attractive name, but I think at that point is they were three nil down, anyone will do. Just bring on someone to maybe you know, reduce the damage. Yeah, I think the problem really would have lied more in the midfield. Um I kind of like Qualierla in these situations because he's very good at Unleashing, he's very good at at coming down to the midfield and helping out his fellow striking partner in Chichokaputo. He tends to drag a lot of play with him. A lot of players tend to man mark him um, because of how dangerous he is on the ball as well. Um, so I didn't necessarily agree with that substitution, especially so early on in the game. There's also the whole Ruolo del Lex that could have played yeah, a slight yeah, yeah. factor as well. Um, I would have focused a bit more on changing up the midfield slightly, maybe adding some you know, some more flair in the midfield, some more strength. But, I mean, you can't blame Daversa for losing yeah, four no, in no, Napoli. Napoli are just a different animal right now. They look head and shoulders above certain opposition. Um, they haven't really been... Well, they have been tested, actually. They played Juve, but, yeah. you know, uh, the season is long. They have their challenges coming. Um, and we'll see if they can keep it up. You know, of course, um, on the last episode, I said that. I think they'll win the league and you know I, I still think they can yeah, it, it's looking it's, it's still early days obviously but it is looking likely uh, they are the most impressive side uh, we've seen thus far um, obviously special shout out goes to Inter and Milan but I think Napoli to take the cake with the amount of goals they're banging in for fun man yeah so moving on 
Roma won Udinese nil. Yes, sir. Both a... teams coming off their first defeat of the season. Of course, um, Udinese make it two defeats in a row. Roma recover nicely. What did you think? I was very impressed. Now, you, you could tell me that is it just because of his assist? No, I think Califiori had a very, very good game down that, down that left-back road. Obviously, big shoes to fill in um, with the loss of Spinazzola, obviously, back in around four months, I believe. Um, one thing I, I noticed in particular about Califiori is he got much stronger from last season. I remember looking at him and thinking, okay, he looks a bit like a high school student. He <laughs> looks like a fucking athlete now, bro. Yeah, yeah, he he looks like he an does. athlete. And they shoved him off the ball a number of times, managed to get back onto the ball, shove his opponent aside, and a great assist to Tammy Abraham. Mourinho will be thanking him for that. Yeah, um... Also, Pellegrini's red card means that Califiori will be the only Roman in the Roman Derby next week. Okay. Oh, shit. It's Lazio Roma next, yes, sir. next, next week. Yeah. Fuck, I'm not going to see Pellegrini for that. No, we're not. Um, apparently, Mourinho is going to try appeal because he said he doesn't quite understand the rules in Italy, but we all know how that's <laughs> going to end up. Like, Pellegrini won't be playing next, oh, next Jose. week. Definitely not. Udinese, of course, had a few opportunities to equalize through Soppi. Can you tell us something about him, Matt? So Soppi is, to be, I had never heard of him before, bro, but he's a right back. He's a French right back from, well, he's of Ivorian, Coastian descent. I, Ivorian, I Ivorian descent would do it. Ivorian <laughs> descent would, <laughs> would do it over there. Um, he looks quite good, man. He's yeah, strong, he's bad, fast. Yeah. He could have done better, of course, in, on his, in his trance, but, you know, it's always difficult. Um, Udoji as well, Destiny Udoji had a, had a trance as well to equalize. The guy is 18 years old and he's on loan from Hellas Verona. You know, okay. Six foot two, left back. Okay. They have a couple of a couple of new names over there. They do. They do. I don't recognize many of them. When they start making changes, I'm always a bit confused. I'm like, who's this? Yeah. They'll probably be, you know, we'll see them jumping between Udinese and Watford in the future. They, yeah. tend, they tend to do that quite a bit. I'm surprised these guys haven't actually played for Watford. No. But they, they might in the future. Who knows? Yep, but Udinese, I mean, they still played well in this game, man. I still really like this Udinese side. Um, uh, they're in 10th place, 7 points in 5. And to be honest, I see them fighting to go slightly higher up this year. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think they have what it takes. They've looked organised, but then, you know, I see, I see them losing points, you know, like Napoli. That, that was complete destruction, you know. Today they put up, well, against Roma, sorry, they put up a bit of a fight. But again, you know, they didn't quite have enough to get the job done um i think they're safe i think 10th will be their objective will they get mm -hmm. it i'm not sure yeah they're limited in resources for sure udinese but they're very good defensively and they're very good going forward as well they could really contain the the stronger teams as well they put a lot mm -hmm. of pressure on them man and this was a good performance against Roma. and take nothing away from udinese i think that they'll, they'll be better than this so, Matt, it's question time. We should really come up with a Jimmy Fallon-esque song for this. Yeah, we'll come up with a jingle maybe for... Not for the next episode, maybe for the one after. Yeah, we've yeah. got some time on our hands. So, the first question comes from our friend Farinho. Farinho. At Farinho underscore 10 on Twitter. And he asks, where does Mike Manian rank amongst the world's best goalkeepers given his strong start to the season? What do you think, Matt? So I think obviously all we have to judge Manyan are these opening five games. We could all make reference 
to his performances at Lille and watch a couple of clips here and there. I think not only from his performances, but from the confidence the man has, the way he handles the ball, um, his distribution as well, his shot stopping. I genuinely think that give him 10 more games and he'll really start being talked about as the best goalkeeper in the league, because I think he is the best yeah, goalkeeper yeah, yeah. in the league. And, you know, maybe top 10 yeah. worldwide. Perhaps. Um, it's not a ridiculous shout. I definitely think he's better than Loris and he should be starting uh, oh, for, that, for the French national It was team. shocking how he didn't start yeah. in, in, the, well, in the Euros. Yeah, yeah to be honest. I, no, he's I much better than Loris. I do agree. He is. And he, you know, he was amazing for Lille. He was a huge um, con contributor to them yeah. winning the league. And to them beating Milan 3-0 as well. But yes, we'll that, yes definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I would say that he has top 10 potential. Definitely, He's only 26 years old, which is relatively young mm. for a goalkeeper I think he's already one of the best in the league I think that maybe uh, Musso is the one that can give him a, yeah. a, a shot uh -huh. yeah. Musso is the only one I could think of really um, and maybe in a couple of seasons Dragovski he seems to be improving drastically maybe but I think he's still far off from that yeah. no but I think Manjan is, is probably the, the best goalkeeper in the league and at the end of this season he'll, he'll start to gain some attraction yeah definitely I wouldn't be surprised to see some offers coming in in a few years yeah but thank you, Farinho, you're the man. Um, thank you for asking a question. So our second question comes from Michael from Australia. Michael, thank you so much for listening to us and thank you for submitting your question. So his question was, what do you think of more teams being invited to the World Cup? I feel it dilutes the competition, but maybe it means Malta will qualify one day. Probably not, but go ahead, yeah, So, So I agree with you that it dilutes the competition. Of course, there will be 48 teams in the next World Cup, um, group, 16 groups of three. Yeah, not the next World Cup, but the one, the after, one after 2026, exactly. yes, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, the whole 16 groups of three thing bugs me, um, you know, two games will decide whether some teams yeah. can go home or not, that's mm -hmm. boring, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't like that. Um, it does dilute the competition, it does take away from the quality, um, I don't think we'll ever be seeing Malta qualifying for the World Cup. <laughs> Um, unless some massive changes, we have we have improved. Malta have improved significantly. Um, the national team with our new Italian coach, but um, of yeah. course there's still a long way to go. And I, I prefer the World Cup to be a bit more exclusive to really keep it a pure quality yeah. competition. Yeah. Look, in theory, it always sounds attractive to have more teams in a competition, mm -hmm. especially when we're talking about countries. It gets nations involved. They could be coming from countries that have political unrest going on or something of the sort, and. Football and competition in the World Cup could Brings bring these countries together, together. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm not a fan of the format, I'm not a fan of the three team groups. I feel like over three games you can't really decide who the better team is. I really enjoy yeah, there being a bit more you know, competition going on here and there. Um, to be, I'm, I'm undecided on it as it, as it stands. I'll, I'll need to see it play out. I like the idea of us seeing teams that perhaps we wouldn't have anticipated to see in the World Cup. But I'm also not looking forward to seeing ridiculous walkovers either. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. So the next question comes from Nathan from Milan Club of DC at Milan Club of DC on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And he asks, which player from abroad would you like to see play in Serie A? Oof. Take it easy. <laughs> no, there are loads. There are loads. So if I'm talking, for example, 
Um, to make Serie A bigger, to get more viewers in, I would say someone like Holland, for example. Right, that I'm would a, be insane. I'm a massive yeah. fan of Holland, and I'd love and I'd love to see him playing for our team, yeah. obviously. But to fit the system, perhaps, Jesus, this is a tough one. I always wanted to see Isco. Isco would be really nice in Italy. I would love, love to see Isco in Italy. I would yeah. love to see Isco play for a Napoli, for example, yeah. bro. An attacking midfielder. If you had there. to ask me this two years ago, I would have said Artem Zuba. Oh, you know, the man. Big he was Russian really man. close yeah. as well. Artem he was Zuba, close no? to joining Lazio, but they signed Murii instead. I'm no, gagging. No. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Um, I'd also like Viola to return to this area. Ah, he was with Benevento last year in midfield. Oh. I just love watching these players. The and dude with the team. face tattoos, in yeah, case yeah. you can't put a name to the face. He's a dead ball specialist. He's got a wicked left foot. I would love yeah. to see him back as well. 100% But yes, there are a few players I'd like to see, of course, in, in Italy um, I'd like to see Jorginho back in Italy, man I would I think I think Jorginho is fine-tuned for yeah. Serie A I think he, he brings something special to Chelsea for that very reason But come home, dude, come yeah. home As well as Verratti Verratti I would love to see well, Verratti 100%, 100% What a great question Thank you very much Next question comes from Seb Rousey. Seb, thank you very much for the question, homie. Uh, what was the first Serie A game you saw live? Hello, Seb. Miss you. Love you. Um, the first Serie A game I saw live was Milan against Fiorentina. I went with my girlfriend. Um, and it was a lovely experience. Of course, I mentioned it earlier in this episode. Um, yeah, what a coincidence. Uh, Milan won 2-1 against Fiorentina. It w- goals came from Kalinic for Fiorentina and I believe it was Kuchka and sure, Deo Lefeo for oh, Milan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Sosa had an incredible game. He was pulling the strings. He was Sosa, playing the midfield role like a Sosa. violin. Yeah, he was, How funny, he was incredible. Yeah. How funny. It's surprising you beat Fiorentina with that team. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. I've yet to see my first Serie A game live, which comes as a, as a surprise to me personally. Um, but I've seen a lot of Italian teams play in Europe. I've watched Milan against Real, I've watched Roma against Wolfsburg, I've watched a couple here and there. Um, but the first one's going to be next weekend, it's going to be Sassuolo Inter, and I can't fucking wait, man. Yeah, it's going to be massive. A top yeah. one. Um, the best one I've probably seen would be the Milan Derby. The Milan Derby. Two, Bro, two. I had told you to buy those tickets yeah, or some yeah. deal with like Rocks Travel or some you're shit. A, you're a legend. That was a fantastic experience. I recommend okay. it to anyone. You know, 80k people, you know, the, the second Sousa scored the first goal, like the, the base, you feel it in your mm. chest. Like you're about Jesus. to explode with the roar. It's incredible. Sounds but then of like Burger Cara West Ham. Yeah. Perisic is a player I will forever hate for equalizing at the end. Wow. I think Kandreva scored that game as well. Kandreva did score that game. The unpredictable donkey scored the world. He probably the best goal I've ever seen live. Dickhead. Yeah. The next question comes from one of my best friends, Steve Colero, at Steve Colero on Twitter, of course. And he asks, both of your favorite currently active players, excluding Milan players, of course. It's no secret, man. Mine's Insignia. Insignia. Yeah, you're obsessed with him. I, I adore him to bits. I have his kit, thanks to thanks to you from, from last season. You're very welcome. I think as a guy who has stayed with the same team for the entirety of his career, uh, born Napolitan, raised Napolitan, and you know, just all odds against him. He's a five foot three and a half. I I think he said that he used to play football because he never wanted to go to school or, or, or any lessons. Um 
And that kind of hits home. We all kind of wanted to do that. We'd rather play outside yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, than go to class. And, and it's just so wholesome that that got him to the top, top, top level. And he's yeah. been carrying Napoli for a while. Now he orchestrates the game from the left flank. Um, he has a whole phrase that was named after him. Slash, you know, before him came so many greats that used to cut in and shoot. Like uh, Del Piero as well. But yeah, I'm very, very romantic about, about Insignia's story. Yeah, I have a few favorite players, of course. Unfortunately, they are not top caliber players because I'm a bit of a, a weirdo when it comes to the players, <laughs> the players I like and the players I, I obsess over. Um, of course, if I had to go for the typical answer, it would be Haaland. You know, um, mm. Haaland is impossible to hate. He's incredible. He can do it all. He celebrates like a maniac. You know. <laughs> S- similarly, would be Jamie Vardy. I enjoy watching him. You know, he's a shit, shit house. house. <laughs> I, I I love people who stare shit up, or like yeah, yeah. who like celebrate in front of the opposition fans. But yeah, I'd have to say, whore. one of my favorite um, players is Simi. Actually, in mm. in, in this area, he's. <laughs> you know, six foot six Nigerian striker. Once again, similar to your story against all those people are like, you're way too tall to play for. You're a freak. What are you doing? And he's actually got a decent touch. You know, he bends over. He's so fun to watch. He bends over like the hunchback of Notre Dame, like to, to control the ball. He's he's fun to watch. Your That's love it. for him started because you signed him on FIFA manager mode. I remember on career mode. Um, yes, he was the top scorer in Serie B, and that's how I found out about him. So I started mm-hmm. buying him on, not even on career mode, it was on FM. On FM. I bought him FM. with Bologna, I was I playing remember, FM, and, and he balled out, he was so good. I remember him. you got Nasri yeah. on a free as well, and you kept arguing yeah. with him the yeah, entire time. Exactly, he didn't <laughs> stop complaining. He was like, what the hell? I went to Champions League. I'm like, you're, you're way too shit for Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> but great question, Steve. Thank you very much for, for helping us, you know, get our emotions out. You're the man, bro. The next question comes from our boy Jamie Dent, and he asks, "Most overrated players in the league?" No, no this, this isn't. This wasn't an easy one at all, bro. By the way, so fuck you. Yeah, I um, rate. I rate quite a few players. It's it's difficult to think of an overrated one. Eh? Poor. So there's a fine line between myself just finding someone overrated, but then I actually need to see if these players are actually rated. So that obviously, tough part, yeah. Handanovic came to mind, Chalanoglu came to mind, all but these, these guys, guys came to mind. But exactly. then they do get a fair amount of criticism, so I can't really mention them. I'd say someone that doesn't really receive much criticism and I don't really rate as highly as other defenders in the league is Delict. I think he's been very streaky since he joined Juve. I think by now he should have really kind of gotten his shit together and started performing better across the board. Um, I still think he's a great player. I just think that worldwide he's considered to be one of the best centre-backs in the world. And I really don't think that that's the case. But he's 22 years old, man. And his ceiling is really high. He was a leader for Ajax. So, yeah. But just he's yeah. not one of the best centre-backs in the world, is my point. Yeah, exactly. I would agree with you. It's it's all about um, outsiders looking at this area. They have this idea that Delict is the best defender there. It's not really the case. I don't even think he's the best defender at Juventus no. right now. Um that for me it would have to be once again for the same reason nothing against his ta- his talent he's a super talented player but it has to be Dybala you know 27 years old people view him as this player this world class player who can walk into any team when in reality every season he seems to struggle to walk into Juventus he seems to be preferred off the bench by his managers he seems to find it difficult to get double figures every season you know um mm-hmm. I, I, again, good player, just overrated overseas. He's 
not as young as people tend to think he is. Sometimes I, I look at his age and I get a bit surprised. He's 27, so mm-hmm. he should be peaking by now. Um, like Jake said, he's a fantastic player, guys. We have nothing against yeah. Juventus in, in particular. I know both players came from there. Sorry, Steve. Um, <laughs> sorry, bro. Um, but yeah, the Dybala by now probably... Yeah, I know he's been benched a bit as well, but by now he should be performing a bit better. Yeah, definitely. This question comes from Luke Mintoff, who asked us an absolute cracker last week as well. Shana Mint. Um, he has quite a long wall. This is a fucking paragraph and a half. Um, this season is looking like the most competitive it's been in a while. Napoli, Inter, Milan as top teams, uh, with Roma, Juve, Lazio and Atalanta close behind. Yet what do you think makes this area lack behind in other leagues? When the leagues can boast such a balanced and gripping league, Compared to, say, the Bundesliga and La Liga, which earn more in TV right than Serie A, can marketing and promos be enough to push the league further? So, first of all, thank you for the composition, Mintoff. Um, I don't even think... Punctuation, yeah. Mint, is, is, was, was a bit off, but... but it's, it's a great essay. Um, <laughs> you know, if I have a kid, I'll give it to them for their Form 2 essay. Like, <laughs> So, um, for me, it would have to be, of course, the... F- the shit marketing that the Serie has, of course, mm. plays a big part of it. You know, Ronaldo joined the league when you know he was touted to be the best player in the world, and for some reason, the marketing, you know, they could have used that as a very good tool to market the league, but it was not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've seen an improvement in TV deals recently with BT and CBS. Um, the picture quality has also improved. You know, simple things like making the pitch look greener, things like that. But I think. Overall, it's the investment, you know. Um, I think, once again, as we mentioned in the last one, we need people who can invest in smaller teams, who can really, um, you know, up the standard, you know. I I think that that's still lacking. What do you think, Matt? All I think, bro, is that people just need to tune in once these Prem heads and these Bundesliga heads and and whatever La Liga heads, they just need to tune in once. They need to say Leotta. Giving a bit of a, a pre-game fucking analysis. They'll, they'll be watching every week and after that. And they'll be watching every week after that. <laughs> but, but, but in all seriousness, I think the fact that even, uh, for example, the Premier League, they speak in English, which is the European language. People understand that. People can relate with that. In Germany, they use English as well. In Spain, there are a lot of English-speaking pundits as well. In Italy, a few less. So maybe people are put off for that very reason as well. I think people are put off for the reason that we haven't really seen Italian teams push in the Champions League as of recent. I think it can get better since we're seeing Italy as a country performing better in competitions and they have that entire streak and they've yeah. got a nice story as well. So it could get better uh, from a marketing perspective. Um, I think language is is the main, the main issue. In fact, uh, many social media platforms of Italian teams have opted, have recently changed to the English language. And okay. that, that, that's massive. You cool. know? That, that needs to be done. Cool. There are one or two commentators yeah. that, that, that describe the beautiful Italian game in English as well, which is great. And you know, we mentioned last, last episode the, the influence of American investors. And of course, um, the group 777 has invested in Genoa recently. They have bought um, their major shareholders now. That's massive, you know, all these Italian-Americans coming into the league. Hopefully mm. they can find the perfect balance between like being 
a commercial mm-hmm. success and mm-hmm. maintaining the tradition mm-hmm. of the league and the culture okay. as well bro I but think they're very uh, proud so I think they'll, they'll yeah. manage that I think for example IFTV would do a great job in converting people to Serie A with, with yeah. the language that they use they all have a great sense of humour like different different you know uh, personalities there as well um, so I think when it comes to marketing the more the, the more of these American Italians um, sharing their opinions, the merrier. Um, there's also of Campo Basso as well that yeah, was taken cool. over by, by yeah. an American group. Um, and they're doing bits now, I think up to Serie C or, or something of something the sort. Like that. Um, so it is improving, man. We just need to see more of it. And it's, it's not like it's going to happen overnight. It'll take yeah. the next 10, 15 years for this to really kick and off. And it's not that bad. It's not as it's bad not as people bad. say. Um, okay, looking at it financially, <laughs> sure. Italy is behind. But then looking at it quality-wise, you know, you look at the Euros, man. Many of the standout performance, many of the players, the man of the match awards were given mm-hmm. to Italian players, not Italian players, players who play in the Serie A. We saw yeah. so many, so many of them. True, there was Damsgaard, there was Spinazzola, Meili. there was Gigio, there was Meili, Lukaku, Ronaldo. Yeah. So... We have a fantastic league, man. We, we really do. And it's different, though, watching the league and then watching um, Serie A teams play in Europe. Uh, for some reason, I do still see Serie A teams being a little step behind, but I think that has more to do with the financial crisis that was around Serie A more than anything. Um, I mean, players are attracted to the Premier League. They're attracted to a big money move. Um, so, yeah, that, that leaves us a bit in the dark, but all for improvements. So thank you very much for listening, guys. This was an extra long one. We apologize for that. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at Syria Spotlight. Of course, make sure to ask us questions, drop us your hot takes, give us any feedback you want. Okay, we appreciate you for listening to us. Thank you very much, guys. I can't wait for next week.